the miraculous. Today I want to speak to you about financial miracles. Financial miracles. As people filled out the green cards, the prayer request cards, probably the number one request uh, that was written on the cards was for finances. In one way or another, people said, I need help financially. I need the Lord to show up. I need a miracle financially. And so I want to address this. As your pastor, I want to see you what your needs met. I want to see the Lord show up. And some of you need a bona fide miracle. And how many of you know that the Lord is able? Amen. He is able. And so we want to look to his word today about receiving financial miracles. Look with me in 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm going to pick up reading in verse number 7. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn there. 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 7 and keep your Bibles open there. We're going to be referring back to that portion of scripture several times today. The word of God says sometime later the brook dried up and some of you feel just like that your finances have dried up things are tight financially you're struggling financially sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land then the word of the lord came to him go at once to zarephath of sidon and stay there i commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food so he went to zarephath and when he came to the town gate a widow was there gathering sticks he called to her and asked would you bring me a little water in a jar so i may have a drink As she was going to get it, he called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. This lady is struggling financially. She's on the verge of death. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day. I like that. There was food every day every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah I read that and my response to that is wow God can provide a financial miracle when the brooks dried up when there's been no rain on the land and when you just got a little flour and a little oil, it's enough for the Lord. And I want to look at this portion of scripture and I want to give you three keys to receiving a financial miracle. Please don't tune me out today. Some of you are here and you say, well, I don't need a financial miracle. Well, listen to these principles because one day you might need one. And you're going to want to be able to refer back to the word of the Lord. Three keys to receiving a financial miracle. You can follow along with me in your bulletin and fill in the blanks. Point number one is this. Be obedient to the word of the Lord. Be obedient. You need a financial miracle. You say, Herbert, I'm struggling. What's your advice? Does the Bible have any answers? Absolutely. Be obedient to the word of the Lord. I want to show you how obedience ushered in this financial miracle that we read about. You see, obedience positions people for a miracle. I, I don't want you to miss that. I'm going to repeat it again. Obedience 
positions people for a financial miracle. I want you to see, first of all, that Elijah was obedient. Therefore, he positioned himself for a financial miracle. Let's look back at 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7 says, Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with, with food. Notice verse 10. So he went to Zarephath. He went to Zarephath. I want you to notice that he didn't go halfway there. I want you to notice that he didn't go three quarters of the way there and say, Lord, I went far enough. Come on, supply my needs. No, no, no. Elijah went all the way to Zarephath of Sidon. And please understand that, that because he went all the way, he was totally obedient, not halfway, but totally obedient to the Lord. It positioned him for a miracle. I submit to you today, some of you need a miracle, but you've just been halfway obedient. You look at your lifestyle and how you're handling your life, your thought life, your lifestyle, your speech, your finances, how you treat, treat others. You, you, you know what God's Word says, but you're choosing to do it halfway. And then you go halfway to Zarephath of Sidon and you're saying, Lord, I need a miracle. And the key to a miracle is total obedience because obedience positions you for a miracle. I, I want you to notice that the widow was obedient. Therefore, she positioned herself for a miracle. Check this out in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse number 13. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, listen lady, the Lord is speaking to you. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. Notice verse 15 very carefully. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. She was obedient and it positioned her for a miracle. Friends, please hear me. Obedience is the doorway to God's miraculous blessings. Elijah and this widow, they received a miraculous blessing because of their obedience. Obedience is the doorway. Say that with me. Everybody say, obedience is the doorway. Come on, say it with me one more time. Obedience is the doorway. Herbert, I need a miracle. I'm struggling. The brook has dried up. I got a little flower. I got a little oil. What do I do? Be obedient to the word of the Lord. Deuteronomy says it like this. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse number 26. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse, an open door, a closed door. To be positioned for a miracle, to not be in position for a miracle. Verse 27, the blessing, the open door, to be in proper position for a miracle. How do you do that? How do you get in position? The blessing is if you obey the command of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. Verse 28, the curse, the closed door, not being in proper position for a miracle. How do I not position myself for a miracle? The curse 
is if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from the, the, the way that I command you today by following other gods, which you have not known. Friends, obedience is the doorway. And if you need a financial miracle today, if you need a financial miracle next year, you want to make sure that you're being obedient to the financial principles laid out in the word of the Lord. You want to make sure. And I want to begin today by giving you a foundational financial principle. A foundation. You say, Herbert, I'm struggling. I need help. Let me give you a found. This is how you build the foundation. A foundational financial principle. Look with me in Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 8. Malachi 3 and verse number 8. The word of God says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse. In other words, you're living with a closed door. You're not in proper position for my blessing and for miracles. As a pastor, my heart and as people struggle, they say, Herbert, would you pray for me? And man, I, I always pray and I always want to pray for people. But friends, can I tell you that I can't pray a curse off anybody's life. If you're not in proper position, I, your neighbor can't pray a curse off. A neighbor can't get you in proper position. Getting in proper position for a miracle comes through through obedience. And he goes on to say, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. You're, you're being disobedient to the word of the Lord. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open. I love this. You want to open door and open heaven? You want to be in proper position for a miracle? See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I want you to be positioned for a miracle, but the foundational, foundational principle is, listen, are you returning the tithe to the Lord? Are you honoring him with 10% of your income and returning it to the house of the Lord? And you begin to position yourself now for a financial miracle. Here's what I want to address very quickly. I want to address this question. What's the number one reason people don't obey God? Think about that. I'll give you every bit about three seconds, but think about it. What's the number one reason people don't obey the word of the Lord? In, in, in every arena of their life, why don't people obey God? I'll give you the number one reason. Drop this down in your notes. Here's the number one reason. God tells us to do things that don't make sense. That's why people don't obey God. Because God tells us to do things that don't make sense. Here Elijah is. The brook has dried up. There is nothing to eat. There is nothing to drink. And then God speaks to Elijah and says, Elijah, if you want me to provide for you, go to Zarephath of Sidon. I want you to go there. And as I was studying, one source said that Zarephath was around a 100 miles away. Lord, I'm hungry. I don't have anything to eat. I don't have anything to drink. And you're sending me on a long journey. On, on a couple of different sources that I was studying from, it said this, that, that Zarephath of Sidon from where Elijah was, was through the mountains. That don't make any sense. I got him hungry. Why are you going to send me through the mountains to go to Zarephath of Sidon? And then here's what really blows my mind is God tells Elijah, Elijah, I want you to go to Zarephath of Sidon and there's going to be a widow there to supply your needs. Now you have to understand in that day, a, a widow was the poorest of the poor. There was no social security. Most people in that day, most ladies in that day, their husband was the provider and her husband was, was dead. She had 
She had nothing but a little oil and a little flour. Now, God, I know, Lord, in our day, Lord, the, the, the widows are broke. They are poor. Why would you send me down to Zarephath of Sidon to a widow? God, I could understand if you were sending me to a millionaire. I could understand if you were sending me to somebody who had financial means, but you're sending me to a widow? That doesn't make any sense. But what I love about Elijah is though it didn't make any sense, he didn't argue with God. He didn't say, God, once I figure everything out, then I'll go. He was obedient to the word of the Lord, and it positioned him for a miracle from the Lord. Can I tell you that God says a lot of things to you and I that don't make any sense? How many of you would agree with me? He does. He says a lot of things to us that don't make any sense at all. Like, here's one of them right here. Here's one. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and I'll lift you up. Say what? I mean, Lord, don't you know the day we're living in? I mean, this is the 21st century. This is a dog-eat-dog world. If you want to climb the corporate ladder, you step on people. You talk about people. You promote yourself. You, you elevate yourself. You put the nicest resume together, even if you got to fudge a little bit. Because I'm trying to get places. God says, I know that's how the world works. I know that's how you get, try to find blessings in the world. But he says, listen, listen, that's not, that's not how the kingdom operates. Let me tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Listen, you don't try to elevate yourself. You don't try to promote yourself. I'm not looking for the slickest, sharpest resume in the world. Here's how I lift people up. Humble yourself under my mighty hand. And I'll lift you up. You see, my, my principles are totally different than how the world operates. You know, God says things to us like this. He says... It used to be said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, if somebody jack slaps you, turn the other cheek. Come on, how many of you practice that one? <laughs> you get jack slapped. Well, just hit me over here now. Oh, no, you don't do that. Uh-uh. But that's what Jesus says. Let me, let me mess with you. He says, listen, if somebody takes your garment away, he says, give them your cloak as, as well. He says, somebody forces you to go one mile, he says, go with them too. Let me mess up your, your thinking, Jesus says. My, my, my principles and my kingdom operate totally different than the world's. Jesus said things to us like this. Love your enemies. I mean, that don't make any sense. Look, we don't get along. We don't like each other. We don't, they're, they're my, I'm after them, they're after me. We're enemies. And he said, listen, that's, that's not how I operate. You don't hate your enemies. You don't retaliate and get even. He says, let me tell you how the kingdom operates. It's going to blow your mind. You can't figure me out. You see, the kingdom operates by love your enemies. He says, let me take it a step further. Pray for those who persecute you. Oh, they're stabbing you in your back. They're doing you wrong. They're stepping all over. You're trying to kill you and talking about you, talking about your mama and your daddy and your kids. And they're after you. He said, pray for them. Yeah. Don't make any sense, does it? Pray for them, Lord bless them, help them, Lord, save them. Pray they be in heaven. Pray you bless them on this life. Pray for those who persecute you. He says, forgive. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how they hurt me, how they let me down, how they stabbed me in my back. You see, the world says, be bitter, hold a grudge, get even. Jesus, no, 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 no. You want to be positioned for a miracle? You want to be positioned for, for my blessings the way that my kingdom operates? Is I don't care what they did to you, how they disappointed you, how they stabbed you in your back. Forgive. Let go of the grudge. Let go of the bitterness. Let go of the hurt. That's how you position yourself for a blessing. In my kingdom, it doesn't make any sense. 
but that's how my kingdom operates. He says, tithe. Tithe, Lord, I'm broke. Have you seen the economy? Lord, I, I can't afford the tithe. And God says, you can't afford not to. Because if you do what you want to do, if you do what makes sense to you, you're not going to be in position for a miracle. And, and what I'm trying to get you to do is position yourself through obedience for the miraculous blessings of God. And so many people, some of you today, are missing out on God's miraculous blessings. Because here's what you tell God. God, when I figure out how you're going to bless me and how, how you're going to do it, then I'll obey you. And Elijah didn't say that to God. God, I don't know how you're going to get this widow woman to feed. I mean, is, she, is her cousin a millionaire? I mean, how is this going to work out? That's not what Elijah said. He was simply obedient to the word of the Lord, though it didn't make all sense, and it positioned him for a miracle. Hear me today. He said, Herbert, I'm struggling. I need help. What do I do? Be obedient to the word of the Lord so that you can position yourself for a miracle. Point number two. There's a, a second point that I want you to see, a second key to financial miracles. Number two is this. To receive a blessing, you need to be a blessing. I knew that I wouldn't get a bit about three amens there, but that's all right. I, I want to help you today. I, I want to teach you God's Word so that you can receive miracles from the Lord. I want you to look back in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse number 13. The Word of God says this. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first. Everybody say, but first. Come on, everybody say, but first. Listen, lady, listen, lady. But first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then, and then make something for yourself and your son. How many of you know that this doesn't make any sense at all? But it's a biblical principle. To receive a blessing, you need to be a blessing. I can only imagine what this widow lady was thinking. How many of you know that you can be obedient to God and still think crazy thoughts? And here she is being obedient to God. The scripture doesn't let us know what she was thinking, but I can only imagine a, a human being. Here she has a, has a, a child who's, who's starving. She's starving. All she has is a little flour and a little oil. And, 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 and the word of the Lord is be a blessing and you'll receive a blessing. But, but, if, but if I give this man my last piece of bread here, I'll have nothing left to eat. My, my son a star. It makes no sense at all. But yet this lady was a blessing to Elijah. And guess what she received? A blessing. This is a, man, if I can get you to grab a hold of this. This is a principle in God's word. If you're hopeless, offer hope to somebody else. If you are struggling with your kid and you wonder if your kid's going to get saved, be a blessing to somebody else's kid. You want to receive a blessing? Be a blessing. It's a principle in God's Word. Let me give you some examples of, of this principle, how it lays out in the Word of God. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 38, give and it will be given to you. Be a blessing, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For what the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Herbert, what's that whole measure thing? Well, well, if you are a huge blessing to somebody, you'll receive a huge blessing. If you're a big blessing to somebody, you'll receive a big blessing. If you are a small or a tiny blessing to somebody, you'll receive a small or a tiny blessing. But the principle is this, if you will be a blessing, you will receive. A blessing. 
You'll see it in Proverbs chapter number 11. It's just a principle in the word of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 24 says, One man gives freely, yet gains even more. You say, Herbert, explain that to me. How does it work? I can't explain it to you, but I can tell you it works. <laughs> my, my wife and I have practiced this, this church. We practice this principle. One man gives freely and yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly. They're, they're stingy, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. It's just a principle in God's word. So Herbert, I'm struggling. What do I do? Be a blessing to somebody else so that you can receive a blessing. Listen, this is a deep, deep conviction of mine in in God's word. And my wife and I, we, we practice this principle over and over again in our life. And not only our personal life do we practice this, practice this principle, but this church practices this principle. It kind of dawned on me last week after I, I preached and was out in the lobby shaking a few hands. And uh, one of our attenders came up to me and said, Herbert, you know, I, I just really love the church. And I find it amazing, Herbert, that in a multi-million dollar building that we're building, we're in the process of building a multi-million dollar building, that this church just recently, this summer, gave away $20,000 to be a blessing to Eisenhower Elementary School. If you weren't here, we, we remodeled the school and were a huge blessing to that school and provided backpacks and school supplies. He says, I just find that amazing. And I'm, I started thinking, you know what, that, that's, I believe in that. I believe that if you'll be a blessing, you'll receive a blessing. And, and right now, we're in, in times of economic struggle in our country. And most people would say, Herbert, what are you guys doing helping Seaworth Academy? Have you lost your mind? You guys are going to spend ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars and and supplying supplies for them and providing Christmas gifts and Christmas meals and Thanksgiving meals. You're going to give away a vehicle. Have you guys lost your mind? Oh, we, yeah, yeah, we have. Because I believe the principles in God's word that if we'll be a blessing, we'll receive a blessing. I don't care about economic times or, or that we're in a multi-million dollar building project. If we will be a blessing, we'll receive a blessing. We, we, we helped to plant this church in Wally, Texas, Kalen uh, Brassfield, and, 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 and him and his wife are there. And we have sent that church this year. We support them $400 a month. And we have sent them around $20,000 this year to help them start their church. They're running around 100 people. So, Herbert, why in the world would you guys do that? Don't you understand the times we're in? Because I believe the word of God. During good times, during bad times, during prosperous times, during not prosperous times, if you will be a blessing, you will receive a blessing. It's a principle in the Word of God. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 19, this is a favorite scripture of many people that many of us quote and hold on to. The scripture says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, and my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful promise? But, but what happens is many people don't actually activate the scripture in their life because they don't look at the context of the scripture. And they're holding on to a promise and yet they're not applying it in a proper way because you, to understand the scripture, you have to look at the context. So I want you to jump up four verses so that you can see the context on how God can meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 15 says, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and 
receiving. Paul is once again talking about this principle. He understands there's a principle called giving and receiving. Be a blessing and you receive a blessing. And it says, listen, church of Philippi, no other church shared with me in this principle of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. Paul says, listen, you were a blessing to my ministry, but I understand my heart's desire is not that you were just a blessing to me, but I'm looking for what may be accredited to your account. I understand that if you are a blessing to me, that you will receive a blessing. Verse 18, I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And now notice this because Paul says, listen, because you were faithful to be a blessing. And I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. Because if you'll be a blessing, you'll receive a blessing. And because you were a blessing to me, verse 19, and my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches, glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Church of Philippi, because you were a blessing, you're going to receive a blessing. It's a principle in God's word. If you'll be a blessing, God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Herbert, I'm struggling. What do I do? Be a blessing. Point number three. Point number three. There's a a third key that I want you to see here. It's so simple, but yet we have to apply this truth to our lives. Point three, put God first. Put God first. I had you repeat this time and time again with me. The scripture says, but first. Lady, but first. First, make a small cake for me. But, but first, but, but for another word, God says, listen, put me first. Put me first by taking care of Elijah and lady, all of your needs will be met. But first, put me first. Friends, can I tell you, it is a principle in God's word. If you'll put God first, he will meet your needs. Friends, can I tell you, this principle works in Africa, it works in Indonesia, it works in China, it works in Australia, it works in England, it works in the United States of America. If you will put God first, he will meet your needs. Here's what the Word of God says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31 through 33. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom. Put God first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Here's what God's word says. Here's a promise. In every area of your life, if you will seek God first, if you'll put God first, he will take care of you. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I did not say if you put God first, you're going to be able to buy a 70-inch big screen television. That's not what I said. That's not what we're talking about. I didn't say if you'll put God first and be a blessing that you're going to drive the nicest car in Oklahoma City. That's not what I said. But God's word does say say this. You put me first. You're struggling. you're, You're hurting. You're looking for answers. Be obedient to the word of the Lord. Be a blessing to receive a blessing. Put me first and I will take care of you. 
There was a little boy walking through the grocery store with his mother. And as they were walking through the grocery store, it was a small grocery store, and they were walking through the aisles, and, and the owner of the grocery store saw the little boy, and he, he took a liking to that little boy. He was a handsome little boy and full of spirit and life. And so the owner of the store went up to, to the mom and the little boy as they were checking out, and he said, hey, young man, just grab a big handful of candy. The little boy said, oh, no, thank you. He goes, no, 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 seriously. He said, grab, just grab your big handful of, of candy. Just go, go ahead. The little boy said, no, that's, that's okay. His mom said, it's okay, son. It's okay. The, he's a nice man. He wants you to have some candy. Go ahead and grab you a handful of candy. He goes, oh, that's okay. And the owner of the store said, well, son, would you like me to grab you a handful of candy? He said, sure. So the man grabbed the boy a handful of candy and gave it to, to the boy and as him and his mother were walking out of the store, his mother said, well, why didn't you grab a handful of candy? He said, because his hands are bigger than mine. And, and, and lady, lady, I know there's a drought. I know the brook has dried up. I know all you have is a little oil and, and a little flour. And lady, it's your choice. You can keep what you have in your hands. And it'll feed you for a day or two. You can keep what you have in your hands and you may live a week or two longer. But lady, if you'll put what you have in God's hands, his hands are bigger. And, and with a little, a little oil and, and a little flour in a drought, they ate every day for over two years because they put what they had in God's hands. And God says, you can keep what you got. Just keep it. Do your thing. Or you can put me first and put what you have in my hands. And my hands are a lot bigger than yours. And I will meet your needs. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks for your presence.